The Fight Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big. Win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We'll support you by Cause Light. Get mountain cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to causelight.com slash SGP. That's causelight.com slash SGP. We'll support you by PropTop, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use a promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropTop.com or download the PropTop app. But also brought to you by Stable Jewel. Stable Jewel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $40,000 with one entry. Head over to StableJewel.com to get started today. And of course, make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. Tyson Fury fighting Tyson Fury's fight at the moment and Dillian White's got to find a way to change the pattern. You are listening to The Fight Show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This will be one of three episodes of The Fight Show that you are going to get this week as we have a UFC pay-per-view and Canelo Alvarez returns to the ring. So this is one of three episodes you're going to get this week on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. You can follow one of my Twitter accounts. There are three of them to follow. The first one is at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. LockBetting.com is my pay service that has delivered 
107 months in a row of transparent track profit. If you go to the Twitter account at LockBetting.com, so that's LockBetting.com without a dot, you'll be able to see the previous spreadsheet from last month, the month of April. You can see that month of April was the 107th month. If you go to the bottom of that spreadsheet, you'll see little tags like NBA, tennis, football, etc., boxing. One of them will say P&L, and that will give you access to all of the other P&L spreadsheets, and you'll be able to see that we genuinely have delivered 107 months in a row of transparent track profit. You'll see the members' comments underneath all of those spreadsheets verifying the fact that this is true. And also, if you're looking to sign up to the service, have a look at the type of bets we do. The stakes are very sensible. There's no five-star plays, 10-unit maxes, 20-unit wells, none of that bullshit that you see on gambling Twitter. All sensible staking. All you need to do is make sure that you can get the plays. There's some NBA props, soccer props. Sometimes people have difficulty with those selections. But if you can get the vast majority of them, I guarantee you, you will make a profit as we look to get 108 months in the bank. And if we do that in the month of May, we'll be able to say we haven't had a single losing month for nine years over at lockbetting.com. Now, this is a great month to sign up. We have so much action coming up. We are red hot in the NBA. We've only had two losing plays over 0.5 units in the NBA playoffs so far. Just two. That means all of the other plays over 0.5 units, and that includes one-unit plays as well, have all been winners. So we are red hot in the NBA. We are red hot with the tennis. Everybody knows what I do with the soccer. I'm the host of the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow that Twitter account at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. We're coming to the end of the domestic soccer season. And of course, we have the Europa League and the Champions League and the Europa Conference League semi-finals and finals coming up as well. And the final Twitter account I want to plug is at BetMUFC. That's where I talk about Manchester United exclusively. And at the moment, the episodes are mainly focusing on the appointment of Eric Ten Hag. So lots of stuff there for you guys to remember. But the main thing I would say is make sure you check out LockBetting.com and make sure you are going to check it out at the start of the month if you are interested because I use Patreon. Patreon is a site that hosts my page, but that allows me to be fully transparent. That's why I use them. The one drawback is, is their billing cycle is weird. They bill you as soon as you sign up and then they'll sign uh, and then they'll bill you again at the start of next month. So you want to get as much as you can out of that. You don't want to sign up on the 15th of May or the 20th of May and then get billed again on the 1st of June. Sign up now here on May the 4th and get the 27 days of content that we have remaining for this month. We've already had a red hot start. We've had 13 winning plays and two losing ones so far as we are recording this. So a Red hot start to the month and long may it continue over at lockbetting.com. Moving on with this edition of The Fight Show, we are here to focus on the future of Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury surprisingly announced his retirement at the end of the last fight after his victory over Dillian White. Many people don't believe it because there are so many big fights still out there. And the main one being, of course, unification, be it against Anthony Joshua or Alexander Usyk. The bookies do agree because they have a market available for Tyson Fury's next opponent. Before we have a look at that market, let's have a listen to what Tyson Fury had to say because he seemed more interested in doing exhibition fights and fighting against Francis Ngannou from UFC. Now, Ngannou isn't listening 
listed here as one of Fury's next opponents because I don't think exhibition bouts count. And I also don't think that is going to be an outright boxing match. So let's have a listen to Fury. And then after that, we'll run through Tyson Fury's next potential opponent, if there is one at all. So 
It's going to be an explosive fight when it happens. It's going to be an uh, hybrid fight with different type of rules. Yes. You know, MMA gloves in the ring, kind of like mix up, make something a little different. Mike Tyson, Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou, not one to mix it up. Here we go. We'll see what happens when they step into the ring octagon or whatever it is. That is no small thing that you just saw, folks, right there. Francis Ngannou. Yeah, so that seems to be the direction for Tyson Fury next. That, along with the WWE, he's been calling out Drew McIntyre. I think there are paychecks out there, obviously, big paychecks for Tyson Fury to do these things, to go to the WWE. I know when the WWE go to um, Saudi Arabia that the paycheck is even bigger, and that's so far the only time Fury has competed with the WWE was when they went over to Saudi. But he has an interest in doing um, SummerSlam. He was saying he has an interest in doing the big UK show here at the Principality Stadium in Cardiff. So I do think that he'll be involved with the WWE in September. And at the same time, he's obviously going to have this fight with Francis Ngannou. But that's not boxing. And that's why it's not factored into the market. Is he actually done with boxing? Or is he going to move on and do this exhibition stuff? Or is he just killing time until AJ fights Alexander Usyk? That's what the bookies feel. And the bookies do feel that the unification fight will bring him out of this so-called retirement. Even his wife Paris spoke that she wants him done. He has nothing left to achieve. But even then she said that only the unification would be something that I think would make sense and that I would agree to. So it is out there and it does seem like it would be too difficult to refuse for, for Tyson Fury. At this point in time, Usyk leads the market for his next opponent because Usyk is the favourite to beat AJ when they have their rematch. That's because Alex Alexander Usyk comfortably beat AJ on points, as predicted on this podcast by myself and Jeff Cohen. Usyk is 4-6, to six, minus 150 to be the next opponent with Anthony Joshua, the second favourite in the market at 13-8. to eight. Now, this is really interesting because Joshua is shorter to be Fury's next opponent somebody who says that he's retired and Joshua is an underdog in the fight against Alexander Usyk. Yeah, he's shorter here than he is to actually win the fight with Usyk, where Usyk is a 1-3 to three minus 300 favourite and Anthony Joshua is at 2-1 two to one plus 200. So his odds are shorter here to be the next opponent for Fury. This is because... Whether he wins or loses, the fight against uh, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua is the bigger fight because it's an all-British heavyweight fight. And Anthony Joshua has been the biggest name in boxing in the heavyweight division, at least for the last five, six years. So that's why we're seeing this as a fight that could potentially happen anyway. We even have a separate market for it, which we'll talk about in a second in terms of what year will that fight actually happen. Joe Joyce is an interesting one. He's out there at five to one. He has to go up against Joseph Parker first and he's the favourite to beat Joseph Parker with Joseph Parker now being the fourth favourite in this market at 7-1. to one. Another fight with Dante Wilder is at 16-1. to one. I think you could go as big as 100-1 to one for that because he won't be fighting Dante Wilder next. They've already had three fights. A rematch with Dillian White is at 25 to 1. Again, no chance of this happening. That was an emphatic victory. White is complaining that he was pushed after the uppercut. And if you look at the footage, he's right. He was pushed. But I feel he was pushed for his own safety, as Fury spoke about. He didn't want to give him any more punches. He didn't want him to sustain any more punishment. And that's what that push did. It stopped him from being completely knocked out cold in a dangerous fashion, as opposed to what happened with the uppercut landing and him pushing him over and White not being able to answer the count. So I don't see that. It's 33 to 1 on Derek Chisora. I know the two guys are friends, and I know Tyson said he always wanted to have Chisora as his last fight. Uh, perhaps further down the line, we will see that fight once again. But 
Anyway, Fury wins that fight. He won it emphatically before and he'll win it emphatically again. Then we have Logan Paul at 50 to 1, with Kubrat Pulev at 66 to 1, Andy Ruiz Jr. at 100 to 1, and Jake Paul at 100 to 1. There is no point me commenting on anything after um, after Derek Chisora. I don't think he's going to fight the Paul brothers. They're not in his weight class. I think that would be um, that that would be a no go. And for Pulev and Andrew Ruiz Jr. again, I think Andrew Ruiz Jr. a hundred to one is quite big. I think this will just depend on the layoff. But this market is paid out in 2024. So if there's no fights between between now and 2024, so on January the 1st, 2024, so Fury has 18 months off, the selection on no fighter ends up cashing for you. So you can get that one available at seven to one. So seven to one is the price for Tyson Fury to not have another boxing match in 2022 or in 2022. Three. So if you think that Fury is really retiring or you think this Usyk-Joshua situation may take more than one extra fight to settle, for example, Joshua winning and then Usyk will want his rematch and it may drag on, then that may be the bet for you. For me, I think whoever wins it, I think Fury is going to fight them immediately. I think that Usyk, if he loses that fight to Joshua, Tyson Fury will step in straight away. I think Joshua will take it with Fury as well. Nobody wants to run the risk of losing this mega money fight. Joshua is still more marketable than Usyk. That's just how boxing works. Usyk was supposed to be a tune-up fight for Fury and it went wrong for Anthony Joshua. So he badly wants to get that win back against Alexander Usyk. Whether he can get it or not remains to be seen. I don't think he will. I just feel that the fight will play out the same way. I don't think there's anything Joshua can do in terms of changing trainers or, or coming in heavier or changing his tactics. I just think Alexander Usyk has his number. But if he does win, I think they'll immediately capitalize on the rematch and you'll see AJ versus uh, Tyson Fury in 2023. The AJ versus Fury market sees Fury as the clear favorite to win it when it happens here at 1 to 3 minus 300. And for the year it's going to take place, 2022 is available at 2 to 1 with 2023 available at 4 to 6 minus 150. So the books are pretty sure that one way or another, even if Joshua manages to lose again to Alexander Usyk, and then obviously the heads are then turned towards the unification fight between Usyk and Fury, they think that Joshua and Fury will still end up happening. They feel it's inevitable and that will probably happen here in a stadium at the UK, most likely Wembley. So money talks and I think the result that everybody wants is for, for Joshua to win that rematch, to make Fury and Joshua as big as possible. But I still think the fight can happen at some point in 2023, even if Joshua loses, especially if um, Fury has fought Usyk by then and manages to unify the titles. Do I think that Usyk can beat Tyson Fury. I think he has a better chance here than anybody on this list. He's a tricky fighter. He's a very, very good boxer, as Anthony Joshua found out. It's just a case of whether he can come inside and close that distance and do enough damage to Fury and to score the points that he needs to, to win the fight. I think it's going to be very, very difficult because Tyson Fury is different to the likes of Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. He is a superior boxer. He's very, very deceiving for a big man in terms of what he can do. I think that statement is actually false at this point. I think 
to look at Fury, you'd look at him and think he's very one-dimensional and he can't box. And I think that was the mistake that Dante Wilder made a few years ago. I think at this point, the jury's out and everybody knows this guy can fucking box. Everybody knows that this is a freak of nature. Everybody knows that this is a big, bad heavyweight, nearly touching seven feet, but he's a ridiculously talented technical boxer. So I think the jury's out on that. And we all know that Tyson Fury can bang. So when you put two good boxers out there and one is six Six foot nine and heavier. I just feel that the advantage goes to Tyson Fury over Alexander Usyk, who is a blown up cruiserweight. I mean, Fury calls him a blown up middleweight. I, I think he is a blown up cruiserweight here, fighting it heavy, and he's managing to f- survive because he's just such a good, talented boxer, and that's what led him to victory over Anthony Joshua, whilst also exposing the the one dimensional issues that, that AJ had. Me and Jeff Cohen always spoke on this show about how overrated Joshua was and how the loss was inevitable. We even predicted that the the fight with Dante Wilder would be won by Anthony Joshua because once Wilder landed, we felt like that that would be game over for Joshua. And we still do. We still feel that with Tyson Fury beating Dante Wilder, that was the toughest fight in the division. That was his biggest test. And Wilder put him down plenty of times in that series. But in the end, Fury came through it. And with him coming through Dante Wilder, I don't see anybody on this list that Tyson Fury can't beat. And therefore, that's why I think the retirement will stick. It's not like when Lennox Lewis retired, when he pretty much lost the fight with Klitschko and got very, very lucky to come away with the W. He retired at the right time. He knew that the loss was coming. Tyson Fury doesn't know that. There's no loss coming for Fury here on this list. There's no young up-and-coming heavyweight. There's no next Mike Tyson on the horizon. That's why this retirement won't stick because there are five or six massive and winnable fights here for Tyson Fury and I think that he will take them and I think we will see Tyson Fury boxing, if not at the end of the year, 100% in 2023. Um, even though it is a good price to take him not to box in the next 18 months and uh, the 7-1 to one on um, on him not boxing before 2024 does appeal, I think you'll end up losing that selection because I think the temptation of unification will be too big for Tyson Fury. That's it for me and this edition of The Fight Show. Don't forget there are two more fight shows coming out this week. But until then, good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.